podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. De Bruyne, oh, one mil city! Funnels! And Pogba leaves for McTominay! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tariwa Chanakira, and his guest, Jake Jackman. Goals, 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 and more goals. Welcome to A Tad Predictable, Episode 3, and to a Premier League season that is not shy of scoring goals and seems to have forgotten about defending, at, at least for the first part of the season. Um, I'm joined by a guest that you guys will be familiar with. He was here last week, writer, podcaster for EPL Index, Jake Jackman. Welcome back, Jake. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Hopefully uh, this week can go slightly better than last week on the predictions. <laughs> well, the Bank It or Burn It went well, so I, I think that that's more or less what brought you back. Because <laughs> you, 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 once you caught, um, I think once you got into the flow of it, you, you flew with some of these predictions. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did find myself uh, getting used to it after a while, and, I, and looking at my scores, I thought I did pretty well. Uh, so hopefully, yeah, I can carry that form into the actual scoreline predictions. Nice, and and I can confirm that those results for for those keeping score at home, um, it was the Everton West Ham game, Leeds Fulham game, Man United Palace, Arsenal West Ham, and Southampton Spurs games. The five questions for each of the games was more than three yellow cards, possession 60-40 to the home team, a goal by a defender, VARs used to check penalty, and the last one was player forgets to take a knee when kicking when kickoff whistle blows. Um, the first game, not so great, one out of four. Second game, as will be the theme here, it gets better. Second Second game, you got two out of four. Man United game, you got five out of five. Uh, Arsenal West Ham four out of five, and Southampton Spurs five out of five. So, yeah, that that was a pretty solid performance. And are, are you looking to improve on that a bit later on? Yeah, yeah, I will be looking to improve on that. I think uh, the last three games went pretty well. Although, although I, I did did want to pick out a technical technicality of the more than three yellow cards in the Everton West Brom game because there was a red card, which I feel. Ah, uh, yeah, you see, couldn't, didn't get taken into account, but I will, you know, that is the wording of the question, yellow cards, so uh, I'll have to listen to that. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, we we will we'll take that up with our own VAR panel and see see if we can reaward you a, a point there. Um, but yeah, looking into the season, I mentioned to start the podcast goals. What has been your thoughts on how many goals have been scored this season? Um, and, well, I guess that leads to also what kind of defences we're seeing at the moment. 
Yeah, it's interesting because after the um, immediately after the lockdown and the, the football restarted, then uh, there seemed to be a, a theme of not many goals. But um, I guess uh, this time around, the, nobody's really playing for top four yet. Nobody's really playing to stay up. So maybe teams are a little bit more open, um, and that that is leading to more goals with a uh, with less fitness as well, which obviously does does have a have a part to play. I think. Some of the matches this weekend were impacted by red cards, which always seems to increase the amount of goals. I think that was especially true in the Everton game. But um, yeah, it does seem to be a theme, um, but it has only been two weeks. So it'll be interesting to see how it, if it does carry on. And I would guess that as um, players get their fitness up and um, managers settle on their strongest 11s, we will see that slightly come down. But um, yeah, it's been good to see goals, um, especially in games um, where you don't really where, where you're a neutral, you always want to see goals first and foremost, and there's been a lot of those, so uh, that's always good to see. It definitely makes it more exciting, especially if, if you're a neutral watching all the games, um, the games that maybe you don't have as much invested in. Seeing a lot of goals is, always helps make it a bit easier to watch those games. Um, speaking of a team that was involved in a game with lots of goals in it uh man united started their campaign last week uh unfortunately for them and their fans it was a a a 3-1 loss to crystal palace they're heading up to brighton at the amex stadium next up um brighton team that bit inconsistent in terms of results one loss one win but the performances have been pretty decent for them how do you see this game panning out yeah, this is a tricky one for Manchester United um, because Brighton have looked good in both their fixtures. Um, obviously, they're really good against Chelsea and were, were quite unfortunate not to, to come away with something from that match. They're, again, very good against my own team, Newcastle, the other day, although I don't think Newcastle really caused them any problems. And it was it was a bit... But, you know, Brighton played well and um, they do have some really talented players. I think they will be a lot better this season under Graham Potter now he's had a year to adjust and and the squad seems a little bit more settled um he seemed to rotate a lot last year and I think this year we'll see less of that so that will only be a benefit I think Lamptey started really well I think Morpay started really well um Trossard as well they've got some really talented players but I think it's going to be a a better game for Manchester United in terms of styles because Brighton as we saw against Chelsea we've seen against top top clubs um since Potter took over they do like to to take them on toe-to-toe. They won't sit back and um, soak in the pressure like Crystal Palace did and, and hit them on the break. I think Brian will want to to push on themselves and try to, um, you know, it, control the game um, and and not let Manchester United have as much of the ball. So I think that's probably going to play into Manchester United's hands a little bit. I think that we'll see more space for Martial and Rashford to run in behind. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Greenwood as well play this week. So there'll be a lot more space for them and, I think it, uh, following the restart, Manchester United played Brighton at, at the Amex and I think they won quite comfortably. Um, I think it might have been 3-0, but uh, don't don't count me on that one. But um, yeah, so I, I think it's, good. It's, it's, it's a tricky game because I think Brighton are very good, but I also think stylistically it's probably a better one for Manchester United. So yeah, I could, I could see them getting, getting back to winning ways, but... I think there will be goals at both ends. I could see it maybe being a 2-1 Manchester United. But um, yeah, I think Brighton will come out of the game with credit, whatever happens. Because I do think they're a, they're a very good team to watch and they normally do perform well in these sort of games. 
I, I agree. They they have looked really impressive this season. Um, I think my worry for this game, as you mentioned, you know, there's a completely different Brighton to the one we were used to that came up with uh, Chris Hewton being very hot, difficult to break down. You know, this team, it, it looks to put the ball on the ground a bit more, um, play a bit more expansive than maybe we were used to them playing. And as you said, they've got a year under their belt of doing this. My only worry for this game, uh, especially with Man United being a team that thrives on playing on the counter-attack, that's uh, a lot of where they get their success from. It's just going to be too much space, I think, for the United players. And for the Brighton team, it, I could see it being one of those spirited 2-0 losses, which may not sound on paper as spirited, you know, if, if you just look at the scoreline. But I just think... United are going to be very, very eager to get their season started, really. And coming up against a team that likes to play with the ball and also a team that is playing at home as well. I don't know if the fact that no fans are going to be there is, is a huge factor in that equation, but usually the home team will be looking to go a bit more offensive, um, especially this version of Brighton. I, I just worry that United are going to pick them off on the counter uh, so I've gone with a 2-0 scoreline to Man United for that game. Um, the team that beat Man United last week, Crystal Palace, the team, maybe the, the, the team of the podcast who we haven't always backed. I, I backed them for a draw last time. I, I thought that was going, um, uh, it was going to endear me to their fans, but it seems like they're demanding more than that. They've got two wins on the bounce. They're coming up against an Everton team that's also got two wins on the bounce. These are two teams that are quite regular in the Premier League, um, usually aiming, you know, if if they can, outside chance of getting into Europe is always probably the dream um, for, for the two teams. How do you think this game is going to go, especially with the fact that both teams are in form are we going to get a winner again in this game where one of these teams goes three wins in a row or maybe they cancel each other out? Yeah, <laughs> you did warn me about Crystal Palace last week. And so I, <laughs> I didn't heed that advice and I fear I'm going to go against them again. But um, Ooh, Brave. Yeah, brave. it's brave. Very brave. But um, they, they've been much improved uh, at the start of the season. Um, I think they've played against two teams that, that complement their style well. I think Southampton left a lot of space in for them to get in behind and Manchester United did as well. Uh, we saw how good Wilfred Zaha has been in these two games. So um, it's been two games that, that, that have suited them and I think that um, um, that that they won't win every game, of course. And I think that Everton have got are not so technically naive as the other two maybe. I think that Especially, we've seen Alan come in. He's played really well. He's played really well in the middle. I think that he's going to sit back and maybe um, sweep up a lot of the um, balls in behind to Zaha and um, Townsend. So, I think they shouldn't. I, I'm, I'm reluctant to go against Palace, but I've been so impressed with Everton. I think they they look really up for it. I think Ancelotti's realised the importance of a good start. I think with the the Merseyside derby on the horizon, they'll be looking to get another couple of wins before then. Um, I just think they'll be full of confidence and uh, especially in attack because um, in, in Hammers Rodriguez, they've got a player that can sort of break Palace down even if they do sit back and, and um, 
play quite compact. I think he he can make a difference. I think um, Calvert Lewin he just needs half a chance at the moment. He puts it in the back of the net. I've just I think I'm backing Everton more than I'm backing against Palace because I do think Palace are, uh, have started really well and they'll be full of confidence too. But this this thing with Ancelotti's experience and, and the confidence they have at the moment will see them through to another win but uh, won't be as convincing as last week so I think I'm going to go 1-0 to Everton I think it's going to be a tight game as we saw uh, in the Southampton um, goes to Palace game but I think this time Palace won't be on the winning side of it Now I've you know I've, I've slowly moved over and over towards a Crystal Palace win it's been waiting for this moment to crescendo we had the last prediction. We had the draw prediction. This time around, I'm going for a Palace win. I'm going for a 2-1 Palace win. I'm backing the boys. Um, they've been the darlings of this podcast. We've warned you about them. This is the second week in a row that you're going against them. And I think you're going to be in trouble. Um, I think this Everton team, as good as it is going forward, the one problem they have probably is at the centre-back uh, the center back position. And also, Pickford hasn't looked that great of late. Um, and when you're coming up against a counter-attack team like Crystal Palace, who have players in the Zahas, are you, who I rate as a, as a sort of a target man type forward for a counter-attack team. I think he holds the ball up really well for them. I was quite interested to hear... Uh, from some Crystal Palace fans that they weren't necessarily his biggest fans and, and thought he's a bit wasteful at times. But um, so just to back up my own eye test and, and prediction, I'm going to go for a 2-1 Palace win and I'm going to lock in an IU goal as well. I'm not sure whether it's going to be the first one or the second one, but IU is definitely getting on the score sheet in this game. Um I think they've done really well this season with the injuries that they've had. You would have expected maybe a slow start, a, a, a sluggish start, but they've, as you said, teams have played into their hands. And I think this is another team that's going to play into their hands with the confidence that Everton have um, with the two wins. I think they're going to think they can, you know, just bully Palace in, in this game. And that's exactly what Palace are hoping for and wanting so a lovely 2-1 win at Salas Park with an IU goal would do me just fine. Are you brave enough to give an Everton goal scorer or is that kind of for, foregone conclusion on who it, who it would be? Yeah, I think I'm going to go for Calvert-Lewin <laughs> again. He's, 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 he does seem to be a very streaky stri uh, striker and that he gets his goals in a run and then he, he'll go for a goal of uh, three or four matches. So I think that will continue for the next couple, maybe leading into the Merseyside derby. Yeah, look, I, I I wouldn't back against him not scoring. I think maybe that's part of the 2-1 that I've predicted. So Calvert-Lewin and Andrew Ayew are going to be the goal scorers in this... Or Jordan Ayew, sorry, are going to be the goal scorers in this game. Um, speaking of teams that suffered defeats in, in their last games and, and perhaps looking for goals in this game and, and looking maybe to get their seasons going... We got a West Brom team that knew heading into the season it was going to be a tough season. They've already got two losses under their belt. Uh, a red card from what they were hoping is to be, you know, one of their senior players. Do you give them a chance in this game against Chelsea, a Chelsea team who won their first game um, against probably a, a team that had played well? 
but still got the victory over the line in uh, in their game against Brighton. And then come up against Liverpool, they get the red card that probably changes the game. I would have argued that they were, the type of goals Liverpool scored in terms of goals from presses were coming in this game. So I still thought Liverpool were going to come away with it in that game. How do you think the Chelsea players react and how do you think the West Brom players also react in terms of trying to get at least a point in this game, get their season going, or is it just going to be more misery, unfortunately? Yeah, I don't think I'm as down on West Brom as uh, as, as others. I think that they were okay against Leicester um, and then conceded two penalties, which which never helps. And then I thought they looked pretty good against Everton as well up until the red card. But it seems like uh, they've been their own worst enemies um, in their first two matches. And that has contributed to the eight goals they've conceded. So um, I don't think Chelsea are going to blow them away like many will. Um, as long as they keep 10 men on the pitch and they uh, 11 men on the pitch and they don't give away any penalties, I think they've got a chance of keeping the score down. But I do think Chelsea will run out winners. Um, I think the, the win in the Carabao Cup in the week will uh, really boost their confidence. Kai Havertz to get a hat-trick is only going to help him. I think Timo Werner's looked very lively, even though he hasn't scored yet. He's won two penalties and I think it's only a matter of time before he scores. And it'll probably be this weekend, I'd imagine. Um, but he's too good to go much longer without uh, getting his first Premier League goal. So, um, yeah, I think I think I'm going to go for the sort of the routine two 0 Chelsea win. I don't think they're going to blow West Brom away, but I think we're going to see a little bit of an improvement from West Brom. Um, and even though I don't see them scoring a goal, I do think they've got players in um, Dean Garner and Pereira that can cause Chelsea problems. So, um, yeah, I think I think Chelsea win, but I'm not going to predict the uh, the the um, dropping that other people will and when you say other people you mean me because I'm going for a 3-0 Chelsea win <laughs> maybe not the biggest drubbing but a drubbing nonetheless look I, I think Chelsea will be um, happy with obviously the result in midweek in the Carabao Cup obviously playing against a team not not doing well at the moment probably would have been relegated if Wigan didn't get their points dropped so I don't know if the level of competition necessarily gives them the boost I think just maybe little things like Kai Havertz scoring in these games look you can't take his performances either way at the moment I don't think you can't overreact he's, he's still settling into life in a whole another country we don't know how long that will take but I just think that this Chelsea team are going to go all out attack in this game, especially considering how they lost the Liverpool game. I think they they will want to take their frustrations out on someone. Um, people could argue they did that midweek, but I think it's going to be in this game where majority of their starters are going to be in there looking for revenge. So unfortunately, it's three losses on the bounce, it looks like, for West Brom, um, based on my prediction and your prediction. I'm going with a 3-0 win in this one. Um, teams, you know, it seems like a theme at the moment, but teams that can't seem to buy a win at the moment, the next fixture list, it's Burnley versus Southampton. Burnley, you know, only played one game so far. They've lost. Southampton have had two games, two defeats. Someone's got to win this game, right? I mean, Burnley, we, we know what we're going to get from Burnley, especially at Turf Moor, very rugged very physical performance a Southampton team that perhaps maybe is 
relying too much on Ings at the moment, hoping that he does some magic. Do you think that um, either of these teams get their first win of the season? Looking at you know their last two head to heads, the last time they met uh, was at uh, Saint Mary's. It was a two one Burnley win, and then at the beginning of last season it was a 3-0 Burnley win as well so Burnley seem to be on on the hot streak at the moment for these two teams what what do you see happening in this game yeah I've been slightly disappointed for Southampton at the start of the season um I think the, the one positive I would say is that I don't think Burnley are going to be pressing high and getting people in behind the Southampton defence uh, and taking advantage of their high line. So I think it's a better matchup for them. Um, I think Burnley have got a lot of injuries, especially at the back. I'm not sure if James Tarkovsky will be back for this one, but if not, they might have um, uh, Jimmy Dunn and uh, Kevin Long at centre-back again. And I think that although they're, they're, both, they're both decent enough, I don't think they're as good as uh, Ben Mee and James Tarkovsky. And I think Danny Ings could could cause them a lot of problems. Um Danning's obviously a former Burnley player, so he's got that extra incentive and he got two goals last week. Um, so yeah, I think that it's sort of similar to how I saw going back to the Brighton-Newcastle game. I think that Newcastle and Burnley are quite similar in style and I think that Southampton and Brighton have, have their similarities as well. And I think that Southampton is just going to be too good for Burnley in, in their press and their ability to to get chances in for Ings and Adams. Um and I don't think Burnley have the pace um, down either flank where Eric Peters is likely to start as one of the wingers um, to really get in behind Southampton like Tottenham did and like Palace have. So, yeah. Um, and, and also, as, as Burnley are known for being so tight at the back, but they did concede four goals last week. So, yeah, I, I think the Southampton, a duo win, I don't think Hassan Hootel will, will, will settle for another poor performance. And I think that Burnley, unfortunately, I just might have a, have a poor start to the season until they get their their key defenders back. So yeah, I think I'm going to go. I think I'm gonna, even going to back Southampton for a clean sheet, which might might seem a bit mental. But um, yeah, I think I'm going to go two 0 Southampton uh, and maybe Ings to to get on the score sheet. Oh, right off the bat with the goal scorer as well. I like it. I like the brave shots. Look, this game it's going to be my sleeper game of the week, and I say this in that. Every single weekend, it's been the theme, goals, 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 goals. Both these teams have not looked great this season. As you've mentioned, conceding goals left, right and centre. So I think that's just going to carry on in this game. I'm going for a 2-2 draw. I think, you know, I have to start getting my scores up considering how many goals are going in the, in, in, in these games. And I think this game just reeks of counteract goals for Danny Ings and then you look at the physicality of Burnley I don't know if Southampton can match them physically and I I can just see a, a, a goal coming from a corner at least one of the Burnley boys getting getting a set-piece goal in this game you know I say that they probably wish they had a James Watt-Prowse putting in deliveries but hopefully Dwight McNeil and the boys can put in good deliveries it will be an exciting game on paper maybe people might say mm, at turf more it won't be but yeah i'm thinking goals are going to be the theme of this game and speaking of a team that loves to score goals in the premier league they're back in the premier league and they've been back with a bang um 
you know, a, a loss to Liverpool, a win last week against Fulham, goals galore. They're probably the poster boys of, of goal-scoring games this season. It's Leeds United. They go to Sheffield United, who have gotten back-to-back defeats. Do you see more goals coming from Leeds? And how do you see this game going? Um, yeah, I think I can see um, Leeds scoring more goals. Although it's, it's worth saying that they, they their conversion rate of, of shots to, to goals at the moment is very high. So it's unlikely they're going to keep scoring uh, four goals per game. But they're definitely going to um, look to try and win this one. Uh, it's the Yorkshire derby and I think... Um, Sheffield United managed to beat Leeds to the to the um, promotion a couple of years ago, so that will be fresh in the the mind of Bielsa. Um, so they they've come up uh, against each other before Wilder and Bielsa, so um, there's already that sort of history there. Um, Sheffield United haven't been too great, to be honest. Um, been quite disappointed with them. Um, I think it was always likely they were going to regress a little bit. They they were so good last season and. To finish in the top half again, uh, always look to stretch, especially if they haven't really done a great deal of uh, business that improves their first eleven. They signed a lot of potential promising players, but um, don't think any of them really improved their first eleven at this point. So, um, yeah, um, and John Egan being suspended for the game won't help either. He's such an important player for them. So I think I can see Leeds getting a win. Um, and, and if there's one team that would fail to score against Leeds, it will be Sheffield United. I seem to be really um, promoting good defences this this <laughs> week, which which seems which seems very odd considering the amount of goals we've we've seen go in. But I might even tip Leeds to join Southampton in keeping a clean sheet, just because I really struggled to see Sheffield United scoring um, at the moment. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to go for. I think I would go 2-0 to a Leeds. I don't think they're going to score as many. I think Sheffield United are quite good at the back, but I think they will will get the win, Leeds will. So, yeah, 2-0 Leeds. You're trying to speak good defences into existence. You know, if you put it out there, maybe it will happen. Yeah, I think that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> we'll see how much <laughs> success it has. But um, I, I don't think the current amount of goals is, is sustainable. So I think I'm going to back the 2-0 and, uh, yeah, back Leeds to get another win. Yeah, and the interesting thing, this game is going to be at uh, on Sunday, but at midday on Sunday, 12, 12 o'clock on Sunday, on BT Sport. I mean, if you've got BT Sport, perfect for you. A lot of people probably have Sky. And then there's, you know, you throw in the Crystal Palace Everton game that's at, you know, that's going to be on Amazon Prime. So that's three different providers that you probably need if you want to watch all the Premier League fixtures this weekend. Or you could just solve that problem with one simple answer, and that's Liberty Shield. Um, This podcast is obviously presented by EPLindex.com in association with our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider, and you can check out their services at LibertyShield.com then you don't have to, you know, worry about how you're going to balance the books in terms of getting all the um, network subscriptions. Just get the, the the VPN package. You know every game is going to be there. You know, you know, if, if you've got other sports as well that you're wanting to watch, I can just imagine the bills that are piling up for people that have all the subscriptions to get all the games. Um, yeah, that that's going to be my recommendation for you. My prediction for this game however is 
you guessed it, goals, 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 goals. And I think, you know, Sheffield United, they're going to have to fight. They're going to have to come out with some sort of fighting spirit in this game. And Chris Wilder looks like the type of manager that will be demanding you know, at the very least, a solid effort. Um, I mean, he he spoke so well after the Liverpool game last year where he said, look, if the guys like Salah and Mane are chasing after balls, we've, you know, we've got no option but to do it as well. And I think he's going to be just emphasizing that message that these players, you know, there are no easy fixtures in the Premier League and this could slowly become a a, a pattern, a trend that... Sheffield United don't want in terms of uh, catching L's week in, week out. I think they, they're looking to re-focus um, their season against a team that's not afraid to to go forward and, and look to score goals. So I'm going to go with a very, very spicy 3-2 win to Sheffield United. And where are the Sheffield United goals coming from? I don't care. It could come from own goals. It could come from a ball ricocheting off the, the the referee. I just know Sheffield United desperately need a win in this game. And the only way they're going to win is by scoring three goals because Leeds United aren't going to stop scoring. So I'm backing Sheffield United in this one. And I think... I think I've, I'm 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 going to be right in this one. Um, you've obviously gone against me. You've gone two 0 You've gone a clean sheet for Leeds United. Um, are, you, are you suggesting people take that one to the bank? Yeah, yeah, I'm confident on it. I think <laughs> I think they were so good in the Championship at keeping clean sheets, and I think that Sheffield United are a team that might play into that a little bit. Um, and it's a team they're familiar with. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go 2-0 <laughs> for the clean sheet. Amazing. Amazing. And speaking of the bank, probably the only reason Jake Jackman is on this show is to improve on his score on Bank It or Burn It. Um, we're going to go ahead with week two of Bank It or Burn It this week. Just a simple rules recap for everyone and, you know, any new listeners as well that might not know the game. I'm going to put 15 seconds on the clock and we're going to go through five separate questions for each of the five fixtures that we've currently discussed. So those fixtures are Brighton Man United, Palace Everton, West Brom Chelsea, Burnley Southampton, Sheffield United Leeds. How are you feeling about week two? Yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> I, I now understand the rules and I'm hoping that you'll assist me in getting all five questions in. Oh, we yeah. got there I'm, in the end last week. <laughs> I've been practicing. I've been practicing. Uh, I, had, I did some warm-up exercises earlier. I've got a stopwatch as well. This, this is this is going to be the week. This is going to be the week that we officially launch this Bank It or Burn It. We'll start off with the first fixture, Brighton versus Man United. I'm going to put 15 seconds on the clock. You shout bank it or you shout burn it. We'll not we'll note your predictions and then we'll keep score. Hopefully you can beat last week. Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> All right. Uh starting now. More than eight hundred passes in the game. Burn it. More than ten shots on target. Burn it. Less than three offsides. Bank it. Set piece goal. Burn it. Ah! 
Okay. We got through four. We got through four. It's it's always that first one. I think it it really really. We need. I need to get into it. Okay. Just for just so we got it on record. The last question is: Is a player going to kiss a badge? Um, whilst doing a goal scoring celebration, what what would have been your answer on that? I'll I'll note it. Burn it. Burn it. Oh no! I'm <laughs> this fifth question and you burning it. Ah oh, man, I need I need. I need I, I'm sensing that something's brewing here. Hopefully, you surprise us. <laughs> the next game is Crystal Palace versus Everton. Your time starts now more than 800 passes in the game burn it more than 10 shots on target bank it less than three offsides bank it set piece goal bank it kiss the badge on goal celebration burn it <laughs> oh i think we got that one i think we got that one all right that's awesome um game three We've got West Brom versus Chelsea. I see you've burned question number five twice. Come on. Come on, Jake. Got to be ambitious in this game if you want big Mm -hmm. scores. Here we go. Your time starts now. More than 800 passes in the game. Bank it. More than 10 shots on target. Bank it. Less than three offsides. Burn it. Set piece goal. Burn it. Kiss badge for goal celebration. Bank it. <laughs> oh, yes. Finally. And you beat the time as well. Oh, it's, I think, I think that one was... Timo Werner kiss the badge. Oh, brilliant. I think I think <laughs> you're getting into the flow of it now. This this is really exciting. Um, whew, I, I was getting worried a bit there. Um, all right. We've got... Burnley versus Southampton. That was a good round, the previous one. We got all questions in with time to spare. Here we go. Let's see if we can go two for two here. Next game, as I said, Burnley versus Southampton. Bank it or burn it. Your time starts now. More than 800 passes a game. Burn it. More than 10 shots on target. Burn it. Less than three offsides. Bank it. Set piece goal. Bank it. Kiss the badge to celebrate the goal. Burn it. <laughs> Ooh, oh, nice. Oh, yeah, we, we got this. We got this now. All right. The last game to feature on Bank It or Burn It this week is Sheffield United versus Leeds. You've called a clean sheet in this game. I wonder if it sways some of your answers. I'm looking at answer B. The shots on target one. Let's see how that swings it. Your time starts now. More than 800 passes in the game. Burn it. More than 10 shots on target. Burn it. Ooh, less than three offsides. Bank it. Set piece goal. Bank it. And kiss the badge to celebrate a goal. Burn it. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. No, man. I might need to reduce the time here. (laughs) We're getting cheeky. We're getting cheeky, I suppose. Maybe we're getting cheeky. So looks like it's evened out. We've got some nice we've got some nice burn it and banks it for well one bank it. Is that right? 
You've only got one banquet for the Kiss the Badge, and it's Timo Werner. Yes. Oh, my word. <laughs> the okay. pressure on that game. <laughs> That's going to be a big one. So, everyone look out for that one. If you've got a bet on Timo Werner scoring a goal, if you want your bookie to put in a cheeky one as well, maybe suggest the Kiss the Badge as well. See if they'll take you up on that. And if it doesn't pan out, you know Jake's Twitter handle. We'll mention it again at the, at the end of this podcast. But yeah, that, that was a good round. How, how do you feel about Banker or Burnett this week? Yeah, I, f- I feel like on the, on the first match, I was I was slightly off on my predictions. Purely because oh. I didn't, didn't have the questions in mind. I felt a bit rushed, but we'll see how they go. Ah, okay. When, okay. When you, the, the longer you go on, the more you get used to the questions. You can sort of prepare your answers in advance. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Now, this 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 game coming up is a game that you probably would have prepared your answers in advance. It's Tottenham versus Newcastle. Your boys are one one win, one loss against a Tottenham team that's also one win, one loss, just in reverse. How do you see Newcastle faring at, at the new Tottenham Stadium? Yeah, so um this is gonna be an interesting match, I think, but um Newcastle were very bad last week. I think Tottenham, they may have scored five goals, but I still didn't think they were that great either. Um, this has been a, a fixture we've done pretty well in down the years. Um, going back to their, their last six matches um, away to Tottenham, including some at Wembley, but we'll include those. Tottenham have only scored four goals against us. So, um, yeah, that should give us a little bit of confidence. We won there last year. Um, I think we've won there three or four times in recent years as well. So, one of the historical fixtures that seems to throw off good results for us for some unknown reason, and I think that I think it might do again. I'm 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 going to consistently on this podcast predict Newcastle not to lose because I feel that I, I should do that. I'm I'm not going to go all out for the win, but I think I could see us getting a point here, um, maybe a one-all draw. I think that Tottenham have played a lot of games in a short amount of time. They they are playing in the Europa League on Thursday um, again, so that's not really going to help them. I think that. There should there'll probably be a, a bit of tiredness coming to their performances at some point. Whether that will be this week, I don't know. Might be, might be after they played us, unfortunately. But it will come in at some point, and I think that a lot of their joy last week came from getting in behind Southampton. I don't think that we'll set up as as naively as Southampton did. I think, don't think we're going to try and press high and get the fullbacks up. I think we'll be quite quite compact and deep. Um, hopefully, a little bit more compact than we were against Brighton. Uh, I'm sure we will be, and. Uh, I think if um, St. Maximin is fit and Alvaron starts, I think we've got the players to get in behind Tottenham. So, um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to predict a one-all draw. I think that it's, we've done well against Tottenham recently and I think that that gives me confidence where perhaps it shouldn't do. But I'm going to base, base my prediction on his, history more than history of this fixture more than I will um, the performances last weekend. Because if I was doing that, there would only be one winner. Brilliant. I I don't think I can sum the game up any better than you, and and I wouldn't want to. Uh, I'll just go and say my score, and and we'll move on to the next game. For me, I think this is going to be a one nil Tottenham win. I do agree with the more compact um, style of play that's going to come from Newcastle, but I think Tottenham will just get a goal, probably a Harry Kane penalty. If if I was to, uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to lock that in. Harry Kane penalty. Um, just because if Tottenham are winning 1-0, it's going to be a hurricane goal and it's probably going to be a penalty. So the next game, 
probably or hopefully has a lot more goals than the 1-0 I've predicted in this one. It's Man City at home against Leicester. Man City, great win against Wolves the other day. Against a Leicester team that's won two games in a row, started the season off pretty fast in terms of points. Which team is losing their undefeated record this season? Yes, it's going to be Leicester. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think Johnny Evans is is still suspended for this one, or he might just be back. I'm not sure. Um, if he's back, that's a good thing. But uh, I think I've seen in the last couple of days that Wilfred indeed he's out for um, two to three months, and that will be a huge loss for Leicester. Um, as good as they've been going forward at times, um, they haven't really been great at the back. Uh, I think Justin and Castagne have been quite aggressive in their positioning and if you do that against Man City I think that's only going to go one way and indeed he is a player that that would have held it all together but if he's not there don't have the same confidence in in Hamza Chowdhury sort of filling that role so if if, Wol- if uh, Man City can score three past a Wolves team that we probably think are one of the better defences in the league against a Leicester team without their most important player in that um defensive setup, I think that and we could see a, a few goals go in. So I think I'm gonna go for the full one Manchester City oh, win. Oh, that <laughs> and is I amazing. might even and I might go a little bit um a little bit rogue and predict a Raheem Sterling hat trick. Oh my word. I'm I'm sure Raheem would absolutely take that before the game kicks off and City fans will definitely take that as well. Look, I'm I'm going to agree with you in terms of the results of Man City winning this game. The last two games that they've played each other, City have won both of them. I just think Pep has um, Brendan Rodgers' number and I, I don't feel confident, especially with the injuries that you've mentioned. You'd like to think that Vardy is going to have something to say about that, but I, I just don't see how they can win this game. I'm going to go for a 4-1 prediction as well. So we are going to double up on the 4-1 scoreline. And I'm going to tweak it a little bit and go with Kevin De Bruyne getting two assists in this game. So we got Sterling Hattrick with KDB getting two of those assists, I, I would assume. Um, and, and City roll on to the rest of their season, you know, looking to get back what they probably feel is their trophy, uh, in, in especially in recent history. Uh, the Premier League title. So KDB to assist there and a Sterling hat-trick should do City fans pretty nicely. Um, a team that City faced last week, you mentioned them just before Wolves. They go up to the London Olympic, well, the Olympic Stadium in London uh, against a West Ham team that off the field, on the field, they're taking L's at the moment. Can West Ham get anything from this game? Yes, this is going to be an interesting one because uh, I think David Moyes is planning to to manage the game sort of by Zoom, isn't he? It's it's, it's a plan because he's been tested positive for coronavirus, so it'll be interesting to see how that works. Um, a, a new a new way to manage a, a football match, but um, yeah, I think that him not being there is is a bit of a blow. I think that I think Diop will be missing as well. Um, I'm not sure they've got the the depth at centre back to to really um, cover for that, um, even if, if you don't think Diop is the best player. Um, I think that they, they, they're trying to sign more centre-backs, which suggests they have a lack of faith in the options for Leif, uh, Ugbonna and Diop. So it would be interesting to hear how that goes, especially against uh, a striker as informed as Raul Jimenez scored um, 
two goals already. Uh, I think he's got had eight or nine shots in already as well. So he's he's well on form, and he's if Wolves are going to score goals, he's normally involved in it, especially with uh, Diego um, Jota leaving. So yeah, I think I'm going to think I'm going to predict the two nil Wolves win. They never normally win by three or four. They're they're um they're restricted in the amount of goals they do score, but they're so um, good defensively, and I think that Jimenez will have a field day against the makeshift West Ham backline. So yeah, I'm going to go two nil to. To Wolves with uh, Jimenez getting one of the goals. That's 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 a good prediction. Um, if you're a regular of this show, you know that I love Jimenez. So any shot that gives a Jimenez goal, um, I will always back. So is that a two-one win? You say? No, I think I'll go two-nil. Two-nil. Uh, you're you're backing Antonio. another clean sheet. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm all in for the clean sheets this week. So yeah, okay. Uh, okay. but I think if there's one I'm most confident in, it's Wolves. They they do keep a lot of them. I love how the theme of this podcast is goals, 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 and you've just slapped it across the face by predicting clean sheets left, right, and center. Yeah, it's it's a bold <laughs> strategy, but um, yeah, I'll stick with that. <laughs> just to spite you, I think West Ham are going to get a goal in this game. I'm going to go for a 3-1 Wolves win. Um, but look, the shot for him and his scoring a goal, I think it's a decent one. Uh, I won't lock it in. Oh, oh! I just love him too much. This is the problem. I'm gonna have to lock that one in as well. I, you just cannot not have this guy in your fantasy team. If you don't, I don't know what you're doing. He's value for money. He gets the goals, and this Wolves team looks like they're gonna get back on track after that Man City game. You know, a game they probably thought they 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 would have done a lot better in, in especially in terms of getting a result. Um. Uh, our next game coming up is Fulham, who are back-to-back losses against an Aston Villa team that got a win um, in their first outing of the season. How do you see this game going? I mean, Villa should, would have been well chuffed of getting the results, getting the win to start their campaign off and playing against a Fulham side who maybe before the season were thinking these are two of the teams that might be in the relegation battle or at least in the conversation there. Um, how do you see Fulham faring against Aston Villa? Well, I think I might, uh, I might, be, I might never be invited back to this podcast after this prediction. But um, <laughs> I, I, I think Fulham um, looks better last week against Leeds. Um, they quite uh, create quite a few chances, but I think that was partially down for Leeds, um, more so than it was for Fulham. Um, and Aston Villa, they got the win, but they were playing against ten men for for quite a large portion of that match and it, it was only a set-piece goal they managed to score and so that was one thing that was levelled at them towards the end of last season it was um, their lack of goals and um, I think Ollie Watkins in the long term might fix that but I'm not sure um, it's going to be a quick fix um, so yeah I think, I think I'm going to predict a nil-nil draw <laughs> oh no oh <laughs> that I, is amazing <laughs> yeah I think I'm going to go for the nil-nil draw and Fulham picking up their first point of the Premier League season. Not only are you going against the goals being scored, you're doubling up on clean sheets. Uh, I, whew, that's a brave one. That's a brave one. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't know if I can be that brave to back two clean sheets in the season that we've seen so far this season. I think that Aston Villa are going to c- keep the good times rolling. I think Grealish is probably going to get man of the match in this game. I can see him bullying 
that midfield, especially obviously in more in the final third of things. I do think that Fulham will be a bit harder to beat in this game. So I, I'm going with a one nil. I'm going with a clean sheet. I'm finally going with a clean sheet. For, I feel, I feel for like I've influenced you. Into I know the clean this sheet. Is, <laughs> this is bad. This is bad. But yeah, I, I think. It's going to be the 1-0 win for West Ham. They go to two wins for the season there. I'm sure they're going to be chuffed heading into game week three. Um, two teams that are chuffed heading into to this game week, uh, Liverpool and Arsenal, both teams, um, two wins on the bounce for them. You look at the Arsenal side, they've rolled into the season in good form. They've continued that this season. Liverpool probably took their foot off the gas uh, towards the end of last season. Going into this season, that game against Leeds probably wouldn't have been happy conceding that many goals. Going into the Chelsea game, as I said, I I thought goals were going to come from the pressing. Chelsea were playing a dangerous game, passing that ball out the back. And even just the comedy of Firmino pointing at um, where Kepa was passing the ball and he goes and passes then money closes it down just shows how prepared the liverpool team were for the type of passing that um that palace would um that chelsea were doing in that game going into this game arsenal in the last time these two teams met got the 2-1 win over liverpool liverpool obviously got the home win uh back in august last year a 3-1 win how do you see this game of you know a Liverpool team that's looking to defend their title or as Klopp says, attack another Premier League title. And an Arsenal team that probably is in the best spirits they've they've been in for quite a while. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. Uh, I think Arsenal have been very good against the, the top teams recently. Beating Chelsea and Man City at Wembley and then drawing with um, Liverpool before um, winning on the penalty shootout. So they seem to be a lot better set up for the big games than they were under Emery uh, and even Wenger I guess towards the end um, but I think Liverpool had normally, normally done well at Anfield against um, against Arsenal I think that they should probably have enough I think it's going to be quite interesting to see Aubameyang go up against uh, Alexander-Arnold because I'm not sure he started the season at his best and he's still sort of getting his fitness up um, so that might be quite a key battle but um, yeah I think I think Liverpool should have enough to win. Um, just think they're such a well-oiled machine now, and uh, I'm guessing Thiago might come in to to play this one. Um, so that might be quite fun to see him from the start. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to go. I think I'm only going to predict the one-nil win though. I think that Arsenal are looking better defensively, and I think that it could be um, maybe a, a Mo Salah goal to win it. But yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting loads of goals. I think I think I predicted that last weekend as well with a. Uh, not a lot of goals in the Liverpool Chelsea game, and I guess I was somewhat proven right with uh, only two of them. So yeah, I think I'm going to back a, a similar scoreline and go one nil in this one. Well, we we've seen that Liverpool when they go ahead in games, they act actively slow down their pressing, especially when they go up by two goals. Um, if they're up by one goal, they do try and control the game a bit more which is probably very different to Man City. When Man City go ahead, they just pound you with um, in, emphatic scorelines. So I think, you know, for Liverpool to try and control this game out with a low score, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one purely because Liverpool are probably going to, you know, if they do go ahead, uh, they're going to slow down their pressing 
which is probably going to allow Arsenal to play a bit more. And I can see an Arsenal goal coming from that left-hand side, which would be the right-hand side that Trent is defending. I think Arsenal are going to target that. And, you know, if, if, if I was the opposition, that's exactly where I would be targeting in behind Trent, hoping to pull the centre-back, uh, whoever's playing on that side. We know Gomez is only back at training probably on Friday. Um, and... Joel Matip is still injured. Does Fabinho stay as the centre-back? He, he played well in that game, but he's going to be pulled out to the side where Aubameyang is. Do you want him there or do you rush Gomez back? Henderson is also um, touch and go for this game. So there's a lot of um, interesting decisions that Klopp's going to have to make for this game. And I, I think that could dictate how things go. But considering how, you know, I, I said Liverpool like to, shift between the gears depending on the scoreline I think Arsenal are going to keep clawing them back and it's going to force Liverpool to have to go on the attack again I'm going to go with a 4-2 Liverpool win I think that's that that's pretty good in terms of goal scoring to end you know the the weekend obviously not if you're an Arsenal fan you'd be hoping that scoreline is the other way around I just think that um, both teams look like they could score goals Liverpool probably haven't looked as great defensively of late, uh, especially with a makeshift back four going into this game. It looks like it's going to be, I think, Arsenal have got goals in them and that's going to force Liverpool to to guard and get more goals. And that Liverpool home record is a bit insane. You look at guys like Sadio Mane that have never lost a Premier League game at Anfield. So it would be hard for me to pick against Liverpool um, not winning the game itself. But yeah, that that will be definitely one of the games of the weekend. And as I said, if you want to watch this game, if you want to guarantee you're watching this game and you got, you know, your option of even channels in terms of what which commentators you want. I know people usually comment, um, complain about certain commentators, uh, you know, depending on which team you support. I highly recommend, once again, our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield get that sorted out you know your weekend is sorted out um i think that's going to do it for this episode of a tad predictable jake do you have anything you want to plug put over or promote before we wrap up um you can get me on twitter at jake jackman with two n's and you can uh, get all my writings on epl index and uh, of course the epl roundtable which i feature on sometimes you wrote a tiago article recently if i'm not mistaken i did yes do you want to talk a bit about that? Or? Yeah, I looked in, uh, looked in um, into what uh, Thiago will offer Liverpool, um, more so in his progressive passing, and um, looked at, a little bit deeper into the numbers um, of his last couple of seasons at Bayern Munich and compared him to other players already at Liverpool uh, and shown what he will offer that you don't currently already have, um, maybe outside of Cater, who, who hasn't properly settled yet so yeah look give that one a look if you're uh, interested in finding out a bit more about that yeah i, I highly recommend that article very good re- I, I loved how it emphasizes the basically it's it's you know tiago coming in with the passing range that you mentioned it's kind of like the evolution of liverpool and where they're going uh going forward so if you want to either get pretty much like a scout report i would say on how liverpool are going to be playing with tiago coming in if if he does what he was doing at bayern and you know the players mesh in and around him i, I would highly recommend giving that one a read and all the other content that's on the epl index website we've got match previews 
post-match reviews, player performances, and all the news, transfer news. Uh, teams probably getting a bit itchy with the, the window closing soon. We're likely to see a few more deals going um, as teams try and finalize their teams for the rest of the season. In terms of podcasts, we've got the daily podcast show, the Two-Footed Podcast with Dave Hendrick. He had a lovely monologue on um, Marcus Rashford in today's episode, which was Thursday in terms of recording time. Um, you know, just to echo what Dave said in terms of Rashford has done tremendous work, not just on the field, but off the field as well, regardless of who you support as a as a football fan. I think many of us, if not all of us, would agree that we support Rashford and his efforts off the field. Um, and then finally, you can then also check the flagship show that runs weekly. It's the EPL Roundtable. Kev DeVries sits down with the likes of Jake and, and other respective EPL team panelists, and they preview and review the happenings around the EPL. This uh, show has a Twitter handle now, so you can follow the show um, at the Twitter handle at a tad predictable. Um, don't forget to follow EPL Index at EPL Index on Twitter. Uh, subscribe to the EPL Index podcast channel on your podcast provider. Give it five stars. Write some comments about uh, Jake's bank it or <laughs> bank it or burn it. Um, I, th- I think mention the fact that he he's not too brave on question five at the moment, and and we'll see if we can get that up there. I'll, I'll see if I can speak to the producers on. I'm getting some questions that entice him a bit more than one out of five, maybe, uh, <laughs> for the banks. It, um, yeah. So comments, five star ratings, that that stuff really helps us, not just with the algorithms, but um, giving the podcast some some exposure as well. I've been Tadiochi Nakira. You can find me on Twitter at Tad Predictable. Our producer behind the glass, Guy Drinkle. He's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. He's been Jake Jackman at Jake Jackman with two N's on Twitter. And remember, Chisinga Perry, Chinoshura. Sports Social Podcast Network.